day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. And you are listening to me here live on Radio Free Brooklyn. But if you want to subscribe to our newsletter, you can do that by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org newsletter, where you can find out all of the latest news about the new programming and the upcoming Radio Free Brooklyn events. You can also find out, because sometimes they do rebroadcast of this show, so if you follow the newsletter, you'll be able to know what days they're going to put the rebroadcast on for this or any other show that you might listen to on the radio. But also, if you don't subscribe to the newsletter, but you still just want to hear my 
rebroadcast of all my previous shows, or you just want to hear my previous shows, it wouldn't be a rebroadcast because you would be paying it, playing it on the podcast. But you know what I mean. If you wanted to catch my other shows that you've missed in the past, you can go to Radio Free Brooklyn, go to my show page, go to my archives on my show page. And you can do that for all the other shows as well. You could highlight a show, go to their show page, and you can look at their archives that they might have posted up also. And if you don't want to go to the RadioFreeBrooklyn.org page, you can catch me on Spotify, on Apple, and all other podcast platforms. So, how are all God's blessed and highly favored people doing today? We are well in Jesus' name, right? And I pray that everyone had a wonderful week and that your prayers have been answered by the Most High. And for those prayers that have not been answered yet, I hope that we can learn to be still and wait on the Lord. And when I think about it, that's an art that we all have to master, right? Because although we like our prayers to be answered right away, sometimes they're not. And it, be, it can become quite difficult at times, actually downright hard in certain circumstances, to wait and be patient on the Lord. And what makes me emphasize that is because I've had a few conversations this weekend. Can I tell you something? This weekend, I have had the most enlightening conversations that I've had in a long time than I have had in a long time, I should say. And most of it is because most of the time I'm not, I don't talk to people on the weekend. And I'm not saying that I don't, okay, let me rephrase that. I don't do a lot of talking to people on the weekend because especially on Saturdays, I just try to just rest and just get myself together from the week that I've just come through and then preparing myself to be here this morning. So I'll talk to people, but when I'm usually talking to people for long periods of time on the phone, it's usually on Sunday after the show, then I'm all day Sunday, I'm talking to people. But for Saturday, I usually try to keep that as my day of rest where I'm at doing absolutely nothing but just into myself and decompressing from the week and then refilling myself to get ready to come here on Sunday morning. So I say that to say this weekend on Saturday, no less, I had, well, starting from Friday evening, I had the most interesting conversations this weekend really pouring into me where, and it was all confirmations. All of the information that I received was confirmations, but it was, I just found it quite amusing that God was like, okay, you finally opened up where you're going to talk to people on a Saturday. Well, I'm going to give it to you this entire weekend. But I, the two people that I spoke to, the two, two of the people that I spoke to, they were telling me that they feel that they were in a waiting, a waiting pattern with the Lord, right? They were in like holding. They, they were waiting to get some type of answer from him. And it's at this time that we are to know to be still and know. 
right? And I said that to both of them as well. And the psalmist remind us in Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So when he said that, he was saying that he will do what he has to do to show his glory here among the nations and among the entire earth. And what we have to remember, myself included, is that God's blessings consist of the ability to bless a multitude, not just us individual, not just you, not just me, but the masses. So what I've learned when I'm in a holding pattern is that when I'm looking for the blessing, he's also saying, how is this going to affect those around me as well? And that's not to say that when God blesses you, it's not for you. It is for you. But everything that God does is always for others as well besides yourself. For example, if you're praying for finances, because it'll give you the ability to take care of your family, right? It also gives you the ability to bless others also. It's not just for you to to have money to do what you want to do. And if you haven't realized by now that when you are blessed, it is also to bless those that are around you as well because they're in the overflow of the blessing. Sometimes you don't have to do anything, but just because the blessing is so enormous that it spills over to those who are around you who are connected to you, they also fall under that umbrella of the blessings. And then there are those direct blessings that he gives to you that you then in turn do something for somebody else. So, and this is how it's supposed to work because when God does things, like I said, it's a ripple effect. Like we always talk about that ripple effect, how I say you throw, you toss that pebble into the lake and you just see the ripples, but they go out wider and wider and, and wider and wider on the water surface because you don't know that little, that one little thing that you're doing has an effect on so many people that you don't even realize. And that's what God is about. He's about affecting a mass of people through something that you do as an individual. So I guess it's safe to say we are our brother's keepers. And I'm going to talk about that. Well, that is a topic for another discussion, but not today. Today, we're going to talk about distractions. Which is just another way of looking at not being focused. Right? Because if you're distracted, You're not focused on what's happening around you. So today's topic I'm titling, God Help Me Stay On Course. Now distractions are are some things that takes you away from what you should be doing. You're dragged away from the task at hand. And now a distraction can come from anywhere and in any form but they could both have the same results. A distraction can take us off course 
of what God has set for us, preventing us from experiencing something. A distraction can put us in a good place or could put us in a wrong position. We learn from the distractions or we can get so lost in them that we lose our direction altogether. But you have to ask yourself, if you've lost your direction, did you really know where you were going? And now I ask that question because sometimes you can lose your direction going someplace. But the most of the time when I remember if I get lost following a direction that I need to go, it's because I wasn't exactly sure of where that place was located. Like if I was on my way to a particular store that I had never visited or in an area I had never visited, I could get lost going there because I really don't know where it's at. I know it's in the vicinity, but if I don't know how to pinpoint it, yes, I can get lost. Even though it's on my mind, I know what store I'm trying to get to. So that's what I mean when I say, if you've lost your direction in your journey, do you really know where you're going? You have a clue of where you should be. You have a clue of what you think you should be doing. But unless you know exactly what you're doing, you can get lost. And I can remember, and this is just my own experience, and some of you might be able to relate to this. I can remember times when I called it, and I'm doing air quotes, a distraction but I actually went looking for it. How, do, how many of you can recall? There was times that you'll say, oh, I just got distracted. But you in your but in your mind, you actively sought out that distraction. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes you need to be distracted from whatever is happening, especially if it's a traumatic or a stressful situation. Sometimes you need something to bring you out of that for a moment. But sometimes. If you're doing it and it's counter to what you should be doing, sometimes that distraction is not that good. But in all of them, there's something to be learned from it, right? So getting back on track is not difficult, but it requires discipline. And it requires intentional action. It also requires for you to know that you got off track. If you're not aware that you got off track, how could you intentionally get back on track? That goes back to knowing or losing your direction. Did you really know where you were going? Because if you're just going somewhere, who's to say that it's off track? If you don't have any, if you don't have a, distinct place of where you want to be. Who's to say that you're off track? You're just wandering. A wanderer is not off track. If you think of a nomad, nomads are not off track. You never hear a nomad say, I'm off track. They go where they want to go. They go where the wind blows. They go wherever. They, you've, I've never heard someone say a nomad was off track. He knew exactly what he was doing, hence the name nomad. So you have to determine within yourself 
what you're calling a distraction, is it really a distraction or is it you putting yourself in the situation? And if it is a distraction, is it one that you're so deep in that you feel you can't get out of and then think, did you, do you really want to get out of it? Do you even want, if you get out of it, where are you getting out of it to go? A lot of different thoughts that we have to think about this morning. Yes, I'm teasing your brain on this first Sunday of March. Let's get those juices flowing about thinking about what we're doing. We're in the third month already. Look at that. Praise God. The third month of the year already. See, time is waiting for no one. So as I said, getting back on track is not difficult, but requires discipline and intentional action. And in Luke 1040, we see that it states that Martha was distracted. So let's pick up that that part of Luke in that chapter, chapter 10. I want to start from verse 38 and read all the way through to verse 42. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Now, this is a great example of being distracted, thinking that you were doing everything that is correct. Right. Thinking that you're doing all the correct things. But is it actually what God wants you to do? So you're being busy. When God actually wants you to pay attention to what he's doing at the moment. So Martha's distraction wasn't bad. It was just not for that particular time. As Jesus stated to her that she was troubled by many things. And how many of us who are troubled by many things and to get out of our mind or out of our troubles, we start doing other things. Anything. Doesn't matter what it is. Just anything to not have to think about what we're dealing with. It's not a bad thing. Are we addressing the situation that is causing us the problem? And are we addressing it in the way God would have us to address it? Now, when we see that Mary was sitting at the Lord's feet, the question comes to me was, was Mary dealing with a situation that needed to be spoken to by the Lord? Because remember, Martha and Mary were sisters. They were in the same home. So could it have been that whatever was troubling Martha could have also been troubling Mary? 
But instead of being busy doing things like Martha was to get away from the distraction, well, get away from the situation she was being distracted, Mary chose to stay in the presence of the Lord. We don't know. The Bible doesn't state what was going on. It doesn't say, yeah, Mary had the same troubles as Martha, but she, no, it doesn't say that. But when I was reading it, thinking about what Jesus said to Martha, it made me think. Because he never told Martha to stop doing what she was doing and listen to him. He never said that to her. He didn't say, he just told her, Martha, Martha, you're troubled and worried by many things. He never said, why don't you put that down and come over here with Mary and I? He never said that. He said to Mary, he said to Martha that Mary had chosen the one thing that was needed. Which tells me that in all our busyness, Sometimes we need to stop and just be in his presence. Especially if he's taken the time to come into your presence. Think about it. Jesus came into their house. And here's the key. Here's the key to it when I was reading the verse. After she invited him in, Martha met him on the road where he came into the town. We don't know exactly where he was going. It didn't say Jesus was going to Martha's house. It said he walked into the town. She met him on the road and invited him into her home. So when we invite God into our homes, meaning our temples, which is our body, into our actual space, through our prayers, through our thoughts, Do we invite him in only to have him come and then don't make time for him when he gets there? And let's remember, Jesus didn't stop at many homes. So for him to take the time to come in and stop into her home when she invited him, that that was significant. So if we put it in today's context, when God is trying to get your attention, are you scrambling around trying to do everything else thinking, okay, God, uh, I know you're here, but let me just finish this up first and then I'll, I'll come back to you. Perhaps when he is with you and in your presence, that's the time when you need to stop, be still and listen to what he has to say at the moment. Right. And here here's another point that I picked up reading this. And it's so it's. When when you hear people say every time you read the scripture, it gives you a different insight about what it is that God is saying. It's so true. I've read this scripture so many times about Martha being busy and Jesus being there and. Never really looked at it as closely as I'm looking at it now. So here it is. Most of the time, it's our environment that's causing the distractions. Think about it. Martha was fussing and serving because there were people in her home. We don't know. We know Jesus was there. We know Mary was sitting at his feet. But we all know that wherever Jesus is, there's a multitude of people. Have you ever known Jesus to go someplace and not have a crowd that, oh, Jesus is here, you know, That man they called Jesus that performed X, Y, Z. He's here now. He's at Martha and Mary's house. 
Don't you think people came running out of their homes because they wanted to also be around in his presence? So think about it. Martha was fussing like, oh, okay, I invite. And why would she invite him into her home if there weren't other people there? Because for her to meet him on the road and invite him into the home, there was something going on. The story doesn't tell us all that, but it had to be something. She met him, like I said, she met him on the road, so she brought him into the home. And with all this, people are going to be there. So here it is, Martha's trying to fuss and serve and get things prepared because now her house is full. Jesus is here. She not only wants to make it good for him, but she wants to make it for all her other company, keep up appearances. Right. She had to prepare for the company. But. The fact that she wanted Mary to help. Is what the Lord pointed out. See, Martha fussing. It wasn't like Jesus saw Martha fussing and was like, Martha, why don't you come over here with us and sit down and take a load off? No, he didn't say something to her until she said something to him. And what she said to him was, don't you see that I'm going all around and Mary's just sitting there not doing anything, helping me. And that's when he approached her and said, Mary is where she needed to be. So how often are we doing, air quote, busyness and also trying to solicit others to join us? Which could be a distraction for them. Think about it. How many other times are you doing something and you're like, oh, let me call so-and-so. I'll get them to do this with me. Oh, well, let me call. I want to do this. Let me call this one and I'll see if they. How do you know that in your distraction of doing whatever you're trying to get out of or not wanting to face, you calling this other person isn't a distraction for them as well, where they could have been doing what they needed to do at that particular moment. So I ask the question, what's in your surroundings that's causing you a distraction? What's in your environment that's causing you a distraction? Is it your workplace? Is it that coworker that always gives you a smile and a good morning when you come in? Is it that need to fulfill a desire that you feel that nobody else is paying attention? Is it that need for recognition? That you feel that, why am I always getting passed over with all the time and energy and effort that I've put into whatever it is? Only you know where you are and what you're around that can distract you from doing the work that God has placed in front of you to do. And another example is Samson. Let's think about Samson, right? Now, to me, that is the biggest example of a distraction in the Bible. The reason why I say that is because when God has identified you and you know who you are, know that the enemy is always going to come after you because the enemy knows who you are as well. And, you know, I've said this several times before. He knows who you are before you even really see who he is. You only know who he is when he raises his head because he knows who you are. So 
Samson is a perfect example of being distracted from the purpose that you were put here for. Because Samson knew that he was called to be a Nazarene. And with being a Nazarene, there are certain protocols that he had to follow. And it, it goes back to what I said about knowing your direction. And did you really know your direction? Samson, did he care about the purpose that was over his life for what he was supposed to do? Or was he just using it to exploit his own attributes to give himself praise? Think about it. If he really thought about what he was and what his purpose was, he wouldn't have continued to carry on the way that he did. He allowed himself time and time again to get caught up in things that were not of God. And then after a while, he himself also found himself in a place where he couldn't get back from. And it was only when he was stripped of everything that he sought to turn to God. So my words here is I don't want us to get so caught up in our distractions that we have to lose everything first before we realize mm, I need to turn to God. Lesson learned here stop Filling your time with stuff and try to stay focused. And when you can't stay focused, seek God. Ask for his guidance. Ask him for his guidance. Ask him for his wisdom. Do as Mary did. Sit at his feet. And that's just another way of saying be in his presence. Be still and listen. He will direct you to where you need to be and what you need to do. With that, it's time for us to take a music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like. Everything I wanted, everything I thought I needed Is only in you, Jesus, it's found in you I lost all I had, thought I was defeated But then I found my reason, it's found in you I've seen you in
Your heart breaks through 
your majesty Your majesty Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like. Now, I know that I said that I was going to announce all of the songs that I play on the air. But of course, you know, I forget. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the names of the song and the artists for today's songs. And as a bonus, I'm going to tell you all the songs that I played for February. How do you like that? I think all of you are so happy right now, right? Well, we just heard from Call Your Name. The artist on that was Sharon. And she spells her name S-H-A-R-Y-N. And we just heard Glory and Majesty by John Reddick. But now, the first show in February, we heard... You Keep Hope Alive, also by John Reddick. That's a really nice album. If you got, well, CD, I keep calling everything album because that was in my era. Um, if you listen to um, John Reddick, he he has good songs. I like his, I like a lot of his songs. So You Keep Hope Alive, I played by him in the first show in February. I also played Before I Knew Jesus by Leanna Crawford. And I played a throwback, Broken Hallelujah, by The Afters. The second show in February, I played Open by Low Worship. I played I Will Worship by Eric Nieder. And I played He's Head of My Life, The Reprise by Isaiah Templeton. And I also played The Love Reprise by Sarah Tybo. The third show for February, I played Let Go, Let God by Jordan St. Cryer. I played Safe in You by Sarah Tebow. I played Worship You, Almighty God by Charity Gale. And then last week's show, I played How You Love Me by Patrick Mayberry. Merciful God by Daphne Richardson, Ever Closer by Shaylee Simon, and Cian Bueno by Doe. And I also played a little bit of the love reprise by Sarah Tybo. But here's what I want to say. I'm going to, and I could have always done this and I never really thought about it, I'm going to announce the, the names of the song and the artist, you know, I'm going to try to remember since I just did this. I think I will remember come next week to say the name and the artist of the songs that I'm playing. And also, for those of you who are on Spotify, I'm going to see how I can make my playlist available for you to tap in and look it up. Because for every month, I, I make up a playlist for the month. And then I pick the songs that I, because I listen, I listen to various songs. And when I like them, I'm like, ooh, that sounds nice. And when I, it comes into my spirit, which month to throw it into. And then when that month comes, I have a whole list, an entire list of songs that I'm thinking to put 
in shows for that month, not knowing which show it's going to fit into, but I know I want to use it for that month. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, and don't laugh at me because you all know that I'm technically challenged sometimes. I'm going to figure out how I can share my playlist. So if you're on Spotify, you can then find what would Kay say, and it'll have the month and the year. And then you can see all the show, all the songs that I not only played on the show, but the ones that I was thinking about playing on the show as well. Because sometimes if I don't get through all the songs and as I'm listening to that month on repeat, I might take a song that I had not used in that month and throw it into another month that's coming up. Or sometimes I just leave them on there because that was just the feel for that month and that song just fits for that time. So you might get some extra added bonus songs if you go to the playlist of songs that I didn't play, but I thought I wanted to play, but they were still in the good vibe of what was going on in March. So I'm going to learn how to do that, how to share my playlist, but I'm also going to try to remember to say the names of the artists and the names and the titles of the songs so that you know, and you can, you know, find them for yourself on Pandora or Apple or however you listen to your music. So I got through that and now I feel better because I did say I was going to tell the names of the song. And you might not remember all of them, but you might remember like when I said the name of the title, it might have just stuck in your head. And you're like, oh, OK, that's who sings that. But um, yeah, I'm going to learn how to share my playlist on Spotify so that you can just go there and be like, OK, this is the month of whatever I want to listen to these songs. So now it is time for the part of the show that we call op-ed. And in this month's op-ed, I have to say happy history, happy Women's History Month. It's Women's History Month. And for Women's History Month, now I didn't know it was Women's History Month until I saw it on the news this morning. But nevertheless, I do know now and I'm letting you all know. It's Women's History Month, and today they were actually talking about a woman named Lillian Wald, who was the founder of the Henry Street Settlement, and the Henry Street Settlement is a place down on the Lower East Side that offers services and health care for immigrants in the Lower East Side, and not immigrants today, but I mean, it's for everyone today, but when she first started it, she did it to help the immigrants that, you know, that came from Ellis Island, and a lot of them settled in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. She did it to go down there and give them the services that they would not ordinarily be able to receive because of discrimination, because of economic, you know, disadvantages. So now Lillian herself, she was the daughter of immigrants from Eastern Europe, but she grew up in privilege in Rochester. They sent her to nursing school and everything. So when she became a nurse, she went down to the Louise side And that's when she started in the Henry Street Settlement. She started a little like medical clinic to give people the health care that they needed, the health care services that they were not able to receive. And from that, it grew. She became an advocate for not only children, for health care for immigrants, but she moved on to do, be an advocate for children, for labor, for other immigrants, civil rights. And women's rights. She was also instrumental in giving advice 
when they started the NAACP and the United States Children's Bureau and the National Child Labor Committee and the National Women's Trade Union League. So Lillian had her hands in a whole lot of stuff, but she did it all with under the umbrella of wanting to help those who were disadvantaged and weren't able to help themselves. Because although there were things out there that could have been and should have been available to all, we know we all know the story of that. Not everything was available to everybody. And for those that they could keep out of it, they most certainly did. So she took everything that she had received from her parents. They probably told her about how they left to come here for a better life. And in doing so, her going to school, knowing that she grew up well, she decided to give back. And she touched so many people's lives that the Henry Street settlement, it's still located down on Henry Street. That's still there. And it's a, a building that offers still healthcare services and all other types of services. And they've now opened up additional, additional Henry Street settlements in other parts of the city, providing the same type of services to people in that community that need it and are not able to receive it. So we want to highlight Lillian Wall today for National for Women's History Month because she was doing good things. She did a lot of good things for a lot of people. So what else do I have to talk about? I really didn't want to talk about too much that was going on in the news because there's a lot of everything going on in the news. This thing with, you know, China now wanting to get into the war with Russia. Are they going to supply them with ammunition? Are they not going to supply all that stuff? We need to read Revelations. I think I need to talk about revelations because everything that's happening in the world today, it's already been talked about in the Bible. It's in revelations about the nations, who's going to be with who, who's going to try to do what. All that stuff is there. And even now, I heard last week, Saudi Arabia, but they're sending funds to the Ukraine. Hmm. They're sending funds to the Ukraine. Where Saudi Arabia, they usually stay out of everything. They usually, they've become like the new Switzerland. They don't say anything. They're just over there with their money and their oil, mining their business. Just all they're doing is fluctuating oil prices. That's all they do and live their life, right? And I know that's just a a blanket statement to make about them. No, I'm sure they're doing a lot of good things. So don't come bashing me. Oh, she's talking about people from Arabic countries not doing anything. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when it comes to national on the national stage, Saudi Arabia stays out of things. They don't get involved in anything happening with this country calling this country that and this country doing this to that. They don't get involved. They never make a statement. They're never on the national stage stage saying, oh, that's wrong. We shouldn't do this. They don't do that. So the fact that they were actually going to give funds to the Ukraine to help them fight this war. It makes it really interesting. Not the fact that China wants to give Russia money and arms and that that just goes along with the norm. Dictators are going to stick with dictators because China's looking to do their own thing. They just want to help Russia 
take over the Ukraine so that they could be justified then in taking over Taiwan. So that's what their motive behind all that is. But for the Saudi Arabia to get involved, that's something like, hmm, even they see it as, you know what? All this disruption over here could cause us some problem. Maybe we need to uh, really see what's going on. Because I'm sure they heard that China wants to help Russia. They're not, it's not like they're oblivious to people or the countries at play here. It's just that they usually just mind their business. But sometimes it gets to the point where you can no longer just mind your business. Because if you don't step in, that it it could get to a point where every it, you're going to be involved in it anyway. So if you're going to eventually have to get involved in it anyway, it's best when you can choose and how you and choose how you want to get into it, not when you're forced into something. So I just found that kind of interesting that they had made that gesture that they were going to send money to the Ukraine to help them fight this war. So. Our word of the month, and it's funny that when this word of the month came up, I was like, hmm, it is kind of interesting with everything going on in the news right now that this will be our word of the month. Our word of the month is subterfuge, which means deceit used in order to achieve one's goal. And usually when he gives us words of the month, it's always stuff if it's not stuff that if it's not a word that we need to implement for ourselves and our journey, it's words that we need to be mindful of so that we could look out for in our journey. So this month's word is subterfuge. Deceit used in order to achieve one's goal. The promise of the week is Psalm 37, 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. But I also want to add another promise. I'm going to give us two promises this week. You can never have too many promises, right? And trust me, the Bible is full of tons of them. So I could give us two this week. The first one was Psalm 37, 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. The second one is from Psalm 37, but it comes from Psalm 37, 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So that totally goes along with everything that we were talking about with waiting, being still, with the distractions, what to do, totally goes along with everything. So with that, I say I want everyone to have a blessed week, have a blessed Sunday. And until God brings us together again next week, peace. Child of God on my worst day. I'm a child of God. Oh, every day is a good day. And you're the reason why I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Got this heartbeat in my chest. No, it doesn't matter about the rest. 
So Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you, how I prove you more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust you. One more time to say, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust in The kind that comes from mistakes The kind that won't go away When I turned around They were right there to remind me I've seen regret The kind that messes with your head The failures and the can't forget But standing here now I'm thinking God is behind me I've seen nails, scarred hands reach out and wipe it all away, yeah. Now I see grace, hallelujah, I stand amazed. I'm staring at an empty grave and the stone that you rolled away, yeah. When I was a prodigal, you saw son. When I left in 99, you saw the one. And just like that. Still hurt, fall short on what you say I'm worth. And that devil says I don't deserve what you did on the cross. And he's right, cause I don't. But you did it anyway. I see great. 